Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Hello and welcome to Parsha Shmini. We're going to focus on the lessons that the Grah teaches us based on the Mahalos Asuros, the animals that are treif, which are mentioned in this week's Parsha of Shmini. So we know the famous simonim of Behemoth Tahora versus Behemoth Tamea, an animal that we're allowed to eat versus one that we are not. And that's basically uh, animals that are kosher, uh, at least from the land animals, not fish, uh, have split hooves and chew their cubs. Those are the two requirements. And the Torah actually outlines four specific animals that do one or the other, but are still not kosher because they need to do both. And one of them is the gummel, the the camel, which um, chews its cud but does not have split hooves. And the other one is the shafan and the arnevet, which many people translate as the hare and the hyrax. And those two, again, um, chew their cud but do not have split hooves. And the last one, the most famous one, is the pig, the chazir, which has split hooves, and it likes to show them and put them out, like we talk about the chazir fiselach, the person that pretends to be tahar, but on the inside doesn't chew its cud, and therefore is treif, and it's kind of the quintessential treif, which we'll talk about in a minute, what, why that one is worse than the other three. So the gra has a very fascinating shot, and he says that there's a lesson here. There's a lesson behind the two qualities that a kosher animal has to have. And in Parak Yudal of Pasuk Gimel, the Pasuk tells us that it has to be Ma'ale Gera, the behema, the animal that chews its cud, Oso Sochel, that you could eat, and then it says it has to have split hoofs. So the Gra says that this refers to two specific mitos. What's that? Ma'ale Gera, that it splits its, that it chews its cud, shows that it, it finds satiation in its food that it eats by making sure that it digests it slowly. And so that shows that, he, this, that he, it has histopkus, at satisfaction of what it has, that it's a meach bechelko. And, of course, the animal doesn't necessarily have any psychological construct, but the lesson that the Torah is trying to teach us is that is that that's the type of person we want to be as well. So the Gra says that's the lesson here, but we have to be like that, this animal that we eat, we have to be have histopkos, we have to be satisfied with what we have and work on that. The second thing is that it, it um, does not have... Um, and that it has split hooves, and it's not a dores, it's not a pouncer, it's not an animal that is a predator but tries to destroy and attack other animals. And so this shows us that we have to have good mitos, and we have to make sure that we um, are more docile and not aggressive towards other people. And so that, those are the two qualities that whenever we eat, we try to remind ourselves that that's what's kosher, that we have those good mitos. Okay, so there's a very famous gra that might tie into this. The gra has, it's a famous gra on the Gemara of Taner Shalach and he brings down the famous Mahogas Bamatsia, where uh, Rev Eliezer showed himself to be great in three ways, and the three proofs that he brought, although we don't paskin like him, and we paskin like the Chachamim in that Mahogas, because we always follow the majority, but nonetheless, he tried to prove his greatness, which he did, uh, through and the Gra has a whole shot there, which I'm not going into, but through three qualities that the Talmud Chacham has, and the Gra explains that the three qualities are Limadat Torah, he learns well, his stopkus, he is satiated with what he has, and Anava, and he is humble. And so I believe that two out of those three are being mentioned over here, and we need to ask why only two, meaning the Histopkus that the Talmud Chacham has um, is what's being mentioned here as well, that he's satisfied with what he has, that corresponds to the chewing of a cud, satisfaction with the food, satisfaction with whatever we have, and the anava, the humility of a Tamil Chacham, that corresponds to not 
uh, pouncing and being out to get other people. So the question is, why is the Lima Torah missing? So it could be that, first of all, the Lima Torah is not, is not shy to, to an animal, and so there's nothing to learn from an animal. Um, but it could be that when the animal is being eaten by you, in orbit you could learn, that is the fulfillment. Like like it says in Shulchan Aruch, Reish that all your actions should be L'Shem Shemayim, so you are elevating this animal. But another shot could also be that when you bring it, if you bring it as a carbon, which again, the Mizbeach is Mechaper, our table is Mechaper nowadays, in lieu of the Mizbeach, then again, you are elevating it for Talmud, Talmud Torah. But finally, the last thing I want to say is that if you think about it, the Gra's explanation in the Gemara Bobnitzia is describing Talmud Chachamim, so that's what they have. However, for a regular human being, just any human being needs to have these qualities that they have histopkos and they have um, that they're satisfied with their lot and that they are not predators that are willing that are looking to pounce on other people. So that's one lesson. In Parakut Aleph, Pasuk Dalit, we have the uh, camel and other animals that are mentioned, and we're told that we can't eat them. And there's a very interesting Gemara. Gemara in Yuma says a very fascinating thing about these animals. Uh, Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Lazar were both saying the following drusha, they said the original Rishonim, the people that lived during the time of the bias Rishon, seems to be the Pshat according to Rashi, and other Rishonim, the early people, so their their sin was revealed, and therefore the end of their gullus was also revealed. But the latter people of Bayas Shani, according to Rashi, that their their sin was not revealed, therefore their the end of their gullus is not revealed. Rabbi Yochanan says, I'd rather have the nail of the Rishonim than the stomach of the Achronim. There's a Gemara in Yuma, Daf Tesimul Beis. What does this mean? So the Gras says, obviously, the stomach and the nails are referring to uh, the two qualities of the animal that chews its cud and has split hooves. What does this mean? So he says there are three uh, reasons that, um, I'm sorry, there are three animals that have um, Simani Tuma on the outside, meaning that on the inside they seem like they're kosher because they chew their cud. The Gummel, Shafan and Arnevet, the um, camel, Hyrex, and the hare, they all seem to be kosher on the inside, but on the outside, they're treif. They don't have split hooves. So that's like the, the Rishonim, the original people, they did all types of Averis, but they admitted that they did Averis and bias Rishon. And since they admitted it, therefore they were able to, re- to fix it. And that's the remise to those, to those three animals, which correspond to the first three Gullias. Um, and and that, that's the remise here, that um, I'd rather have their... Uh, nails which which show me clearly that they're treif on the outside because they don't they don't have split hooves the camel and the uh shafan and arnevet um then have the last gullus which is the pig which is the one that is is its stomach is what's treif it doesn't it doesn't chew its cud but on the outside it pretends to be kosher and therefore there's no revelation and no confession of the sin and therefore there's no we don't know when the second when when bayashini will uh, will we be rebuilt and, and we'll have by Shlishi and have Mashiach. And so that's why the first Gullus, it was very clear, Hashem said it's going to be 70 years because they were able to work on themselves and fix themselves and they did. But for the second Gullus, it's, it's, a, it's a long and, and discouraging uh, Gullus because uh, our Averis are on the inside and we're not moda on them and we don't work on them and we don't fix them. And so this teaches us the importance of really looking into ourselves and finding out what we could do to make ourselves better. There's a fascinating Gemara in Erevin Daf Yud Gimel at Bez, and we're going to do it partial justice today in explaining some of this enigmatic Gemara. It says there was a young Talmud that was in Yavna that he would he had a way to be Matahar of Asheretz. He was able to darshan ways to explain that even though Asheretz, we know the Shwana Shratzim, the eight uh, 
creepy crawly things which might be a frog and lizards and other things that the Torah lists by name and as Mahalog what they are they're all Tame they're all, they're all Makabal Tumah but he found 150 ways to be Matahar the Sheretz now of course we know the Allah is that they're really Tame but the point he was trying to show is that one could take his Torah knowledge and pervert it and use it to be Matar. And we know one of the Kabbalah that he made is just like we find that a snake, which is not one of the Shemona Shratzim, yet it brought death to the whole world. That's what the snake did when it bit, when it ate from the Yitzhadas and it said Lashon Hara and it got other Chava to sin, yet it's not Makabal Tumah. So certainly any of the other of the Shemona Shratzim, which did not bring death to the world, certainly they shouldn't be Makabal Tumah. But again, the halacha is that it is mikabel and remember, in this context, the Gemara Rambam Shulevitz explained this and explains this and many other Bali Muslims do as well. The pshat here is that we have to know the power that a person when he learns Torah, Akimimos goes into him, like the Gemara in Sota says, he becomes very cunning, and if he doesn't use his Torah properly, he will, God forbid, use it, abuse it, and misuse it, and take advantage of his knowledge. And so a person needs to know that this is the way to get onto the Sanhedrin. You have to know how to be Matar Basharitz with 150 reasons of, of, of logic that are convoluted because then you have to know to stay away from that by having a good Rebbe, by being accountable and being and working on your own integrity. And that is how powerful it is. So the, the Grub says that there's a very, very deep remise here in this Gemara. He has a lot of kashas on that Gemara and, um, and um, I'm not going to go into the exact conversation, uh, but basically... He brings down a very fascinating trump to our Torah, which is like this: that in, we find in Parsha Shemos, Parak of Zion, when it talks about the Mishkan, it says the Orach the length of the Chatzar was a hundred amos, and Rochav was fifty by fifty, and the the trump on the words Mea is a Kadma of Azla. Which, which, which hints to Kadma Azla means it's standing and walking, which hints to the snake. That hundred and fifty over here is the snake. That why? Because like a immediate look. Uh, Remizabel rice, everything's hinted. So if a snake is that 150, just like there are 150 ways to be Mataharit, so, and the snake tries to permeate the entire Kedusha of the base of Megdash with its cunningness. And so it is Kadam Vazel, it walks. That's funny because we've used Kadam Vazel in other contexts in Shemos to mean to go out early, but you see that Dibre Torah is Kepatish Sela, it splits in all different directions, and it also means to walk, and that we know that the original snake walked. But then we know that after it sinned, it, um, it it lost it, and the the trup uh, on the next words are munach revi. It got pushed down to walking on all to to being to to being on all four, being pushed down and actually slithering, and it lost its its feet. So it lost them. That's what it's referring to. And again, this is a very very complex topic. But the point that I'm trying to gather from the gra and a lesson we could learn is that when a person learns Torah, he becomes engrossed in Torah and he connects to Hashem and he has to be very very careful to make sure that the Torah he learns has integrity and truth to it and is, does not have manipulation and cunning and therefore it's important to be part of a Chabura and to have a Rebbe and to be accountable to the right people who are healthy and make sure that he is not the Tahir Vesheretz in ways that he can literally make a Kabbalah Homer and use the Torah itself but yet it's not Ratzon Hashem at the least bit and finally the last shot which is uh, today's been a very abstract day some people are going to like that and some people are going to find a different style more preferable. In Parakid Aleph, Pasuk Mem Zion, there's a very enigmatic Pasuk. The Pasuk doesn't line up, seemingly. The Pasuk says, Lahavdil. So now we went through all of the uh, laws of Kasharis, and the reason that we went through this, the Pasuk says, Lahavdil. I want to differentiate Ben HaTameh Ben HaTahar to tell you what is Tameh, meaning, meaning, I'm going to translate, the animals that you can't eat, Ben HaTahar, and the animals that you can eat. So notice that the Tameh is mentioned first. Ben HaChaya and Echeles, and between the 
wild animals that you're allowed to eat, like the Isle Tzvi Yachmar, the deer and gazelle, etc. And the ones that you're not allowed to eat. So there's a reverse here, because first it says, I'm going to tell you the tummy animals, and then the tahar ones. And here it says the opposite. It says, if it was going to be congruent, it should have said, tummy tahar, and then non-edible, edible. But instead it flips it and tells you the one that you can eat. So it says the grah, this is actually hinting to Gemara in Yuma. And no one should take a lachalomaisa from this, but there's a shkafalomaisa. Okay? The Gemara in Yuma says that, there were, that if a woman is pregnant on Yom Kippur, pay hey, the Gemara is on pay bays on bays, and she smells the famous suga of Ubra de Richa, if she smells uh, some good food and she needs to eat it. So we whisper in her ear to try to calm her down that it's Yom Kippur. And if she listens, the Gemara seems to attribute this to the baby itself. And again, this is certainly not halachalamaisa. One should not, God forbid, suspect anything. And we know that many mothers have eaten on Yom Kippur and have had great children. And many mothers have fasted on Yom Kippur and their kids didn't necessarily turn out the way they wanted. The point is you have, to, you have to do what's healthy for you. But in their time, they were more sensitive to the spiritual aspect. And the Gemara felt that at times one was able to tell what type of baby was in the stomach. So if the baby would calm down and not demand the mother to eat, then the baby would be atzadik. And if the baby would demand the mother to eat after whispering to her and she would still eat, then we would say that something bad would, God forbid, happen. The baby would not be a very, very good child. And the Gemara says that there was one that that she was uh, she was a pregnant woman and she was hungry, and they whispered to her, Jim Kipper, and she calmed down. And the, and she had a baby who was a tzaddik. Rav Yochanan came out of that. That was Rav Yochanan's mother. And they said, I already knew that you were a tzaddik before you came about. That's a pasuk in Yermia. But then there's another story that a woman uh, smelled the, f- the fragrant scent of food and wanted to eat, and they whispered to her, but it didn't help, and uh, she ate the food, and, they, and then she had Shabsai Otsar Peri, Shabsai, who was a big Russia, who would uh, mess up, who would um, rig the market back then, and they called, and they said about him, Zohar Rishah Merechem, the Pasuk and Tehillim Chaf Nunches, that we saw the evil person from in his stomach. So it says the Gra, this Pasuk is Merames to it. Why? Because Ben Achaya and Achelis, that's talking about a, a woman who ate. So that's a tame. That, that's congruent with the first words. The tame came out of her. And Ben Achaya, but the pregnant woman who did not eat, so she had tahar. That's what she had. Now, you could ask why it's in this order. It's usually not in this order. Um, and that is something that needs to be explained. I'm curious what you have to say about that. And again, of course, any pregnant woman should always do what's best for her medically and not worry about these things. I think that people were on a higher spiritual plane back then, and so this was more of a concern. But the point is that we want to instill Kedusha and Tara into our children from the time of birth and in utero, always working on our Shalom Bias and our Avodah Hashem and our Bitachon, because that is the atmosphere that we raise this child and bring this child. Ashrei Alodato, like the Mishnah says, praiseworthy is the child, the mother that gave birth to this child because the younger we start with Chinuch, the better we have the, the opportunity to instill in our children the greatest ideals that will carry them through life. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.